Welcome to the Ignition Podcast, which takes you all off of cars and shows you the possibilities. I have conversations with people in automotive and motorsport to discover how they got to where they are today. CEOs, racing drivers, influencers, and more. If you're interested in how these people live their lives and what they've done to get to where they are today, you're in the right place. Lucas Blantford is young and up-and-coming racer. If it weren't for meeting Lucas, I wouldn't have remembered why I did the podcast in the first place. Go-karting was, and always has been, my first love. I've always been competitive and determined, so there was no better place to show that than Buckwell Park. But having spoken to Lucas and seen his progression so far, I can see that it's destined for extraordinary things. He started this year with the intent of going into the Fiesta Cup, but due to complications, he's back in his karting seat. But will that stop him? So if you know Lucas or want to learn more about how he's getting on in his journey, you'll want to listen to this. Before I start, thank you for listening. This is the Ignition Podcast. Get ready to fuel your passion for cars and motorsport every Monday and Thursday. We bring you stories, valuable career tips and tricks that will help you navigate the automotive world. So don't miss out. Follow the Ignition Podcast now and join the drive towards becoming the number one automotive podcast worldwide. Let's embark on this thrilling journey together. Enjoy the episode. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, each month the podcast has a sponsor that I love and I believe helps the car community. And this month's sponsor does precisely that. I've been a big fan of Fuel for quite some time now, especially when it comes to working out, and I've got some exciting news to share with all of you. I recently discovered Huel's Ready to Drink Meal, and it's a total game changer. Not only is it delicious, but I'm a big fan of the chocolate flavour, and I'm a bigger fan of the 26 essential vitamins and minerals you need to go about your day. And let me tell you, it came in super handy during a recent 24-hour trip to a certain German racing track. Instead of eating unhealthy petrol station food, Huel kept me energised and focused on and off track. So if you are on the hunt for a quick and easy meal option, go to huel.com forward slash ignition to receive your free t-shirt and shaker and support the podcast. Well, guys, welcome back. Um, it's been an interesting year from your point. I've I've been following along. Uh, so how how's it been? Uh, it's all right to be fair. I mean, end of the season didn't really go as we liked it to go, obviously. Crash in October, which put the um, end of the year quite early. Yeah, yeah but he was he was he was doing he was doing good, you know. Um, we, we he was competing for the the Wilton Mill Twenty Two Mini Max Championship. Um, he was competing well. He he was totally undefeated really at Shannington. End to the year, so to speak. Um, with the possibility of two championships. Um, and then, obviously, I decided to take him testing after the October round at World Mill on the Tuesday. Um, we were basically putting a junior engine on to, to that transition from mini-max to, to junior. As you know, all, all the age categories were all changing about and everything. Um, and, yeah, that was probably a really bad decision. Because, yeah, he had a, an absolutely monster of an accident on the Tuesday. Uh, a monster of an accident, which really put everything that, that ended that year. Um, you know, the air ambulance was called, um, with, which inevitably wasn't used because of the, 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 the telephone call um, from the track to, obviously, the emergency services. Um 
due to the impact, the speed, the velocity of it, the distance that he was thrown out the court, the amount of times it was just it was just horrendous, Harry, to watch. Mm. Um, it was the first time in what we've been doing that as a parent I've ever questioned what I'm doing. Um, and in my head, I was probably on my way to sports direct to buy a pair of football boots. Um, but yeah, it was just... It was just horrible. It really was, um, and yeah, it just that 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 was it. Done and dusted there for the for the for the end of the year, you know. Um, but you know, we, we were lucky. We, he, he was lucky to walk away with what he walked away with. Um, it could have been a lot worse, and there have, there have been others that haven't been so lucky through not as not as big crashes. If if if, if you get me, yeah. So he 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 was lucky. Um, you know, and obviously we, you know, we're, we're very thankful for that. Um, to walk away with one broken wrist, one fractured wrist, heavy concussion, um, damage to both knees, which he's still got now. Um, and testament to him that he's actually got back in the car because if it was me, there is no danger I would have got anywhere near a go kart again. Uh, I really mm. wouldn't, but you know. It was it was a traumatic time for him, um, and throughout the whole, you know, when when you walk, when I walked up to him, when he'd actually stopped rolling along the track, and he's he's been told the first thing you do is get up and try and get if you can and try and get away from the track because you don't know, you know, who or what's coming behind you, um, and you probably saw the video on on social, you know, yeah. um, he did, he got up, he was very battered, he was very bruised, very dazed. And when I got to him and lifted his visor, um, there was blood coming from his nose. Um, and you just think, oh, my God. You know, and then at that point, I had to go and get the court because the court was on fire. Yeah. So, I had to, you know, I had to put that out and then go back to him. And it was just, and I mean, you know, you've, I've got to pay tribute to the to the team at, at Wilton Mill. Um, they did a great job. Um, and... It's one of those things he's been lucky to get away with not having an incident for, for a long period of time. But it's been brew, brewing, hasn't it? Because you've done your ribs a couple of times, so to speak. But, um, yeah, that was horrendous. And he never, you know, a, a bit of water never came out. He never cried. He never screamed. Yeah. He was very calm, collective. Um, and the only time really he showed any emotion was when he was told by the consultants that you won't be racing again for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously that's when he broke down in hospital and um, it, the realisation came with him then that was him done for a, for a number of months and in total I think it was, what, five, five months? Yeah. Five, four months, something like that. Um, I mean, what goes, what goes through your head, Lucas, if sorry, that's right, Adrian, what, what goes through your head when, when that happened? Like, what, was you, what were you thinking? What's going what's gonna to happen first? Yeah. <laughs> 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 obviously, I wasn't expecting it roll over. I was just expecting, you know, to be badly hurt, be broken ribs, badly damaged car, which <laughs> it was pretty badly damaged. But you can't really think of anything while you're in while you're in that moment because. So there is nothing to think about. You see the sky and the ground, sky and the ground. And all of a sudden you stop. 
the adrenaline was rushing that much, I just had to get up and get off track. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like, say, you know, for, for me as a panel, when I saw his feet in the air, well, first of all, I heard the impact. Um, and then, obviously, I saw his feet in the air, and I'm like, oh, right, okay, this isn't good. Um, but I will have a shout out to OTK uh, nose cone clips because the cart barrel rolled about 15 times and he never got a nose cone. Yeah. So <laughs> every other part of the cart was smashed. Which is probably the you know, there's, there's no point in apportioning blame anywhere. It was just one of them. You know, we we sincerely hope that the other driver has got back because he was very traumatised as well. Mm. He was a very newcomer, or she. I don't know. I don't actually know the the, the you know the, the the gender of of the driver. But all I know is that the driver was very traumatised. You could see that, um, and you know we've always said that we hope that that driver does come back into a car because I believe that that was their first time in a car oh, wow. um, and the first few laps. So, you know, there, there are, there are things that could have been done to prevent it, but at the end of the day, everybody's okay. You know, and, 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 and we move on and I hope that they are out in a car again because Lucas is, is out in a car again. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, I mean, all you can hear on the video is obviously my bullshit going in the background. Um, you know, obviously that was taken from people that were standing up on the veranda yeah. um, to actually see it happening because I think in the video, they were videoing their own driver and you you could hear them going, no, 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 no. And then obviously that was it then. But, you know, like I say, Will and Mill were fantastic. The, the medical team were fantastic there. You know, all the emergency services that, that that turned up were fantastic. You know, and Lucas got a lot of people asking if he was okay. And obviously, as as you know, the the the, the smoke signals go out quite quickly. So yeah. you know, we were quickly getting messages from people um asking if Lucas was okay because I think everybody knew it was a big one. Yeah. Um but yeah, you know, we went to hospital and I mean I think the funniest thing of it was actually, well, not the funniest thing, but firstly, when I had to phone my wife to let her know yeah. what was going on, you know, and I phoned Jill and I said, are you driving? Because, you know, when you can kind of tell when somebody's driving, she went, yeah, I said, pull over and then give me a phone. Um, so she pulled over and gave me a phone and I explained, and obviously Jill, she's a neonatal midwife. So, you know, she's very medically trained. Um We were, I mean, Northampton Hospital were absolutely fantastic. They really were. Um, sorry, Adrian, you cut out there for a second. Sorry. Uh, Northampton Hospital were, yeah. were absolutely fantastic with both Lucas, myself, and, and my wife. Um, and like I say, the air ambulance came, assessed Lucas, because apparently they they um, listen to triggers. Estimated at about 70 mile an hour. Oh, wow. um, and obviously the marshals had seen what had happened with the car and with Lucas and the blood coming from his nose. So they were scrambled. And I think, you know, at that point we were told two hours for an ambulance. Um, they were there in three minutes 
from Coventry. Yeah. From the initial, I mean, we were walking off and I was I was going to get the van. Um, well, sorry, I wasn't going to get the van because obviously Lucas was, was ex-caught at that point. Uh, Matthew had said, take my car. And we were going to take him to the hospital because obviously we weren't waiting for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I'd walked from the actual reception medical room to the where the Port Ferme is, and I was starting to come back, a helicopter started coming in. You can see it. Um, and that was that was them there, came assess Lucas um, and said, right, okay. They phoned for an ambulance and, it, and the ambulance was there within three minutes. That's and away we went. It is, yeah. Uh, we were blued and tooed there. Lucas was drifting in and out. So we were blued and tooed um, to the hospital, straight in, straight into resource. We went through, had the x-rays, had the plaster, and then the laughing gas came. Being that we, we, put up, we, we put up some videos on TikTok um, of Lucas on the laughing gas because it oh, was... <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think one of them actually has got 4.8 million views. Um, oh, yeah. Where he's trying to find the bloody thing where he didn't know where his mouth was on his face. But um, that, that was the... That's the bit that we found funny from a very serious moment, you know what I mean? Um, and then the road to recovery started. Yeah, and so you mentioned us, yeah, when when the um when the doctor had gone, like you might not be able to race again, and then your recovery starts. And what was the what was that like? What was the motivation for you to make sure you got back in the car as well? Yeah, obviously the aim was to get back up into a car for this for next for the well for this season. Um, because obviously if you miss a round. Got a lot of coaching up to do, so I was just the recovery was to just make sure that I don't miss anything really. I mean, obviously we had to miss quite a bit of testing, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously the initial plan was going to cars, um, hmm. because for me the driving standards in courting is really going downhill at the minute, um, and it's not being. You only have to look at races, what's going on at the minute, and it's actually. It's, it's just horrendous, and the talk in the paddock is is terrible about it. Sorry, Adrian, you cut out again. Um, <laughs> from from, so, from so, the from the cart bit, so from the stand driving standards and carting, and then yeah, we're in a car this year anyway. Um, so obviously we, we purchased the car and because of what's happened we've ended up back in a car isn't the greatest so to speak but you know he, he has to race he wants to race um, I mean he doesn't have to but he wants to that's that's the main thing you know so we've done a bit of testing in the car and like Lucas has said he's, he's got back in the car and yeah he's yeah I wouldn't have liked to have been in his helmet going through that corner at Oblivion and Crook at Wilton Mill for the first time, but um, but no, he's done it and he showed the resilience in him. Yeah, I think it showed it showed when you when when I saw the video on Instagram of you, you almost just obliterating everyone on the final. That was quite quite interesting to see. Well, it was a, it was a small grid, you know. It, it, I mean, let's let's make no bones about it. You know, we're, we're, he did he drove very well very realistic person it's a small grid um he was expected to win to be truthful with you um but i think the backlash from from certain people is unjustified 
um, in saying that it was just tyres and things like that, you know. Um, yeah, we, we, we had better tyres, but because we didn't do anything because of an injury to his wrist. You know, I mean, he was driving in that final, Harry, with a soft plaster on his wrist. Hmm. You know, absolutely paracetamol up because he wanted to do it. He wanted to, to, to be out there and, and to show that he can still be the driver that he was last year. So, you know, it was a small grid. But you, you put that to one side, it was the commitment. You know, it was the commitment. And I think nobody minded at the time because, and, and you know, this is, this is for yourself. Everybody knew what we were doing. Mm. All the drivers, all the drivers, mechanics knew what we were doing because we'd spoke to them about it. And none of them, after seeing him in the first heat, minded because yeah. he was off pace. It was as simple as that. They didn't mind because they didn't think he was going to be a challenge at the back of the grid. But all of a sudden, when he comes through and he and he wins, all of a sudden, oh, it's a tie. Oh, he shouldn't be able to do that. He shouldn't know All of this kicks off. But from the point of view, if you look at, at, at two of the instances, one driver got put to the back of the grid because he was sitting in his position and then decided with the mechanic to lift the car on, on the dummy grid to lift the car onto a trolley to work on his car after the gate had closed, you know, technically that's a disqualification, you know, but he got put to the back of the grid and then another one came in underway. And, you know, I, I felt a little bit aggrieved because this, the, you know, there should have been a bit of credit given to Lucas after what he's been through. He's not been in a cart for six months and to come back and drove, drive the way that he did whether he's on new tyres or not, deserved a little bit of credit, I thought. Um, and that, you know, I just I just think that's wrong. But I just I think that's the problem in motorsport nowadays. You know what I mean? But that's, you know, everybody's, you know, but that's just my opinion. Nobody else's. I just thought if that was somebody else's son, um, I would have, I would have said for Lucas, for you, what was the opportunity for cars going to bring, I guess, is the question. Like, what were you looking forward for for the Fiesta series? Um, just a bit more cleanness, really, because obviously karting, someone side swipes you, for example, that's a new, that's probably going to be some damage and you're going to have to pay for that. Whereas I know cars will be more expensive to pay for for new parts, but it's obviously going to be more cleaner because people know that it's more expensive and they can't, but, well, they obviously can't afford it, but they don't want to be losing grand and apart when that could go towards like a day testing for example yeah and so what was the testing like when you what was the differences going for you from going from carts to cars like what, what did you feel the difference was um obviously the weight distribution obviously you can feel obviously you can't really feel the car that much more because obviously in a cart you're pretty much on the ground basically and you can feel like what, what the car's doing and that whereas in a car you can't feel it as much so you've just got to kind of learn, dip, learn, like what what it's doing. But you got to try hard to learn what's doing it. Yeah, because there's there's sixteen, seventeen year olds that can that are learning to drive that can't figure out, and yet you're just taking it around a track going full full throttle. So it's it's a big, it's a massive massive learning curve. Because I remember me learning to drive it. It took about a couple of months, and you guys having to get the hand of it in a couple of days is a bit different, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, and so, yeah, sorry. No, 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 sorry. 
um yeah no, that's cool and, and so when it like you came going back to karting like what is your i guess what are your goals for this year versus last year like are there places you want to improve on are there tracks you want to be faster on like what is your goal going forward um i want to win a championship because i've not won one yet um well i think i've deserved i think i've deserved quite a few i've got to, i've got to be completely honest i think i think me having I've, i just want to have one championship maximum i just um yeah um it's just you know just get my confidence back up to where it used to be and try to be a better driver than i was last year yeah, no, that's fair enough. And what what would make what would make you a better driver in your eyes? Um, probably my aggression. I'm not really an aggressive driver. I'm I'm a nice person in real life, and I bring that to the kart track, which my dad's sometimes not very happy about. But <laughs> I think if I improve my aggression, I can become a pretty good driver, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's but it's I guess it's finding a balance though, isn't it? Because if if you are going going too aggressively, because I guess if you are a nice person, you won't know what aggression is like. You can you can imagine it. Um, but like in terms of like keeping yourself in check, like how would you, how would you do that? How would you be more aggressive? Um, so obviously not leaving the door wide open, so you don't just everyone send it down the inside. So you got you so you're more aggressive, like as if defense wise. And then overtaking wise, so it, I'm not. If it's not like I'm not going just for safe moves. I've got to sometimes go for aggressive moves if I need to. So that's basically just what I need to do, learn to do. Yeah. And what was it like getting getting new sponsors? Because obviously you've got a few sponsor changes this year. Um, what was yeah. Yeah. Obviously, what was that process like. Uh, obviously, it's good because you know we pretty much rely on sponsors because. We're not as rich as the others, to say for the least. You know, as people in car and they've got their pockets pretty much and goes on for, for ages, uh, whereas ours is pretty limited. So we can't really, we can't really, we just rely on our sponsors really to get to help us fund the race and then you know, we, we do the, the rest of it. Yeah, no, and in terms of like that hospitality thing that you guys were going to set up, what was that going to bring to the experience? Um, obviously, it'd probably bring a bit of money in as well because no one else in the grid or the paddock, I think, was doing hospitality or food. So we'd probably get quite a bit of, of cash from that, to be fair. And it's just good for people to get to know my name, really, because obviously, they're like, oh, Lucas Blanford Hospitality, let's go check that out. Then they find out about me and hopefully follow me on social media. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, though. Social media is such a tool, isn't it? And I guess that, that video, even though that video on TikTok of that went viral of, of the whole gas thing. Yeah, that's funny, but also it, it massively helps, doesn't it? Get the name out. Yeah, de yeah definitely. It helps get my name out there, really. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, I mean, if we look if we look forward, obviously, I remember speaking to you guys last year and you said F1 is the goal. Is that is that still the goal or is, is, it, is it changed a bit? I think that's everyone's goal in Garten, really. But <clears throat> I think it's going to be, it's pretty unrealistic for me now because we haven't got, we, we aren't multi-millionaires to go into F4, for example, then go F3, F2. So I think my new goal is probably the GT world, like GT3s, for example, because I think that's more realistic, in my opinion, whereas mm. F1, you've got to be multi-millionaires now, now, nowadays, to get into it. 
Yeah, and so what? And so after Fiesta, what would be the next step when when you guys do get into that thing? Because I fully believe you can. So, um, well, our goal is to become the young. Well, my goal is to become the youngest TCR driver in the world. Because obviously, since since my birthday is only a month before season starts, really, I'll be if I do that. If if I can get into TCR car in two years' time, I'll be getting the youngest TCR driver in the world. So that's probably that's probably going to be my aim. For now, anyway. That's brilliant. I guess nothing, nothing really changes that apart from time. So you get, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, cool. And and so for you, like this year in karting, obviously you want to win a championship. Are there are there tracks that you're you're worried about, or tracks that you know you can perform well on? Uh, yeah, I've got quite a few tracks I can. I know I can perform quite well in. Um, it's just about consistency, really, because if you do one good lap, then I have six average laps you're not going to win a race you've got to be consistent it might get you a place at the start but then you'll lose it because you're not consistent so i've just got to work in consistency really because i think that's what i kind of lost since i since i've um come back i'm not as consistent as i used to be so i just need to get that back and i think i'll be fine hmm. and how has the how's the injury affected everyday life like so forget about karting like what is it what has it hindered you in day to day uh it's from from January onwards, I, I don't think it's affected me. Mm. It's just obviously I can't lift as much weights as I used to, obviously because it's a bit it's well, it's not a bit weak. Well, it's just got like a little weak spot that I can, that I can't really mm. do much on because yeah, I'm just, so I've just got to work on that. Yeah, and what do your what do your friends think of all this? Because uh, they must have had have an opinion what you did crash. Um, obviously, they. That was, that was all right. Um, and then, yeah, it just gave me tons of support, which I really appreciate. So, no, it's fantastic. Right, it's brilliant. And then, so for Lucas going forward, then, um, if you look at sort of this this year, like if you obviously winning the championship is a big thing, but for you personally, like if you look back at Lucas last year, what have been the big changes? Mentality, obviously. Last year, I I didn't really have the best mentality in the world because. I'd go into a final, for example, saying, oh, no, I can't win this. Mm. Whereas on on the Sunday where I won it, I was thinking, I was saying I could win this, I could win this. So I think the big change has been my mentality. And also since I wasn't in the car for five to six months, it's just, I, I just needed to let it out. It was like five months of emotions coming out and on the track. Yeah, and what advice would you give to someone that wants to get into karting? So someone really young coming up to you going, like, what how how do I get in a kart? Um, I'd start off with um indoor karting. That's where I started. Um obviously you you got protection around you, you can it's it's good for learning basically, because it's although it doesn't perform like an outdoor kart, it's good for like getting your getting used to like racecraft and you know, just get getting used to getting your racecraft off and all that. Yeah, I see you guys have been doing a bit of iRacing as well, a bit of sim racing. Like, how's that been going? Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, the, the sim world is getting bigger and bigger as, as, we, as we talk now. But, you know, it's just, yeah, because you can also say this, I've talked a lot about money right now, but you can, if you're good enough, you can earn quite a bit of money as well, to be fair, but I'm still getting to that stage. No, and are, there, are, there, are there tracks that you guys have been trying out that you wouldn't have had access to before? Like, is some things you've tried out before? Uh, yeah, obviously, since it's a wide range of tracks, you can go. You can go to tracks all around the world. Really, I mainly use it 
well, I was going to mainly use it for my Fiesta because obviously you got all the tracks I was going to this year, so I was just going to use that to get a bit of a bit of an idea of what the track was going to be like and how would I, how how like where the breaking points are and all that. Yeah, and so have you tried any more tracks? Any, any different tracks at all? Um, yeah, I've, I've tried quite a few to be honest with you. Obviously, I did a tw- I did a twelve hour spring, which is in America, I believe, and we were running we were running P two, but unfortunately, my teammates crashed. So you know, it happens, but it's just it's just a good experience, really. Yeah, I guess it, it guess it teaches you how to how to deal with a teammate when it comes to the future, because I guess karting is very much a a solo sport. Yeah, def- uh, especially if you want to get into GT three as well, because you know you got all them long races. It's just good to, yeah, to get used to swapping swapping drivers and then like what it will be like while you wait to go back out, get some sleep, for example, and then go back out on track. Yeah, yeah, is that something you're looking forward to again? So is this the uh, is the sleeping part of racing? Yeah, obviously, yeah, that's the that's the key part. Yeah, so Lucas, uh, it's been great to chat. I've really appreciated. It. It's been great to see you in your journey over the past year. Um, is there any anything you'd like to sort of I don't know end with or any advice you'd give to to someone? Um, keep pushing, really. If you if you're struggling, talk to someone. If that's a parent, someone online, or well, not online, but obviously someone you know online. Don't talk to strangers. Um, and but yeah, just yeah. If you're struggling mentally, just talk to someone. So that's what I really struggled with last year. So yeah, that's all. That's all I can really say. And thanks for having me. That's been a pleasure. And just before we go, then we'll speak about mentally. Like, what has been the biggest thing that's helped you through the process so far? Uh, obviously, my dad. Well, my family really. Um, they've helped me get through quite a few, few things last year. Uh, I had a mentality coach, fit for performance. He really helped me quite a lot. Obviously, helping me because I, I was quite a hothead. But last year, at the end of the season, so yeah, I just needed a little bit of calming down. Mm-hmm. That's <clears> basically what you need to do for the mentality, really. No, fantastic. Well, like I say, it has been great to chat, Lucas, and I wish you all the best for the season ahead. It's, it looks like it's going to be a good one. I hope you enjoyed this catch-up with Lucas as much as I did. Suppose you want to learn more about him, our first chat and his socials are in the show notes below. And with that being said, I'm Harry, and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening.